Did you know that it was in 1904 that Times Square received its name? The New York Times relocated to this specific region that was once called Long Acre Square. And they requested from the city that it be changed to Times Square. And even though the Times is not located specifically where it was in 1904, it's quite amazing how God has taken this specific region, even of the greater New York City, and has placed it all over the world. From New Year's Eve gatherings to other gatherings, I mean, God has placed this place on the hearts of the world. Did you know that 330,000 people every day visit Times Square? My wife and I ran into all 330,000 last night. Can I get an amen? amen? And some 50 million people visit this place annually. You say, well, Ronnie, why is that important? I'll tell you why it's important. Can you imagine that we serve such a big sovereign God that in 1987, he put a vision for your church into the heart of a man of God and he saw what no one else could see then except God. And he has raised up this church, the Times Square Church, to literally infiltrate this region and beyond with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now that leads me to ask this question to you today. What time is it in New York City? What time is it? That's right. It's always time to pray here at Times Square Church. Isn't it quite remarkable? where we are in the world today. I don't know, Pastor Carter, I've never seen any time in my lifetime, and I'm a lot younger than you, <laughs> what I am seeing today across the United States and across the globe. I mean, consider with me for a moment Global crises are happening so rapidly we cannot even keep up with them. Global hopelessness and fear abounds, resulting in what appears to be pandemic actions of suicide, shootings, and drug abuse. And all the while, global worldviews are in absolute disarray. And yet why the United States has many times served as a stabling force in the world, sadly and regrettably, our nation is more divided today and polarized than I have ever seen it in my lifetime. And the reason that happens is because global Lostness abounds. People need Jesus Christ in their life. I don't know where you are in your life, but here's what I found. Government cannot fix us and politics cannot heal us. America is broken and division is undeniable. Unity is missing. Reconciliation seems impossible. 
Racial tension is alarming. Lawlessness abounds. All across this region and all across America and the world. And I'll tell you also what time it is here in New York City today. It is time for this city to know more about God and experience God like this city has never experienced God in our generation. And you know what is sad, even in the state of where we are, meanwhile, if you go back to the churches of America, some 300,000 of them along the way, There is a rising stench of indifference and lukewarmness personifying itself through infrequency of church attendance and narcissistic consumption of cultural Christianity. And all the while, a passivity about telling the world that Jesus Christ has come to save them from their sins seems to somewhat not be as important as it needs to be. This morning, if you have a copy of the Bible, or if you have it on an e-device that you have with you today, there are two specific verses I'm going to read from today. One is found over in the book of Romans, in chapter number 13. And the other is in the Old Testament in what is called First Chronicles. You say, where is that? It's before Second Chronicles. <laughs> in chapter number 12. I want to read each one of these verses, break them apart for you, and apply them for our lives today. First of all, in Romans chapter 13, verse number 11, the Bible says, besides this, since you know the time, it is already the hour for you to wake up from sleep because our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Hold that and then find 1 Chronicles chapter 12. You can see it on the screens here this morning. Verse number 32. And I read from the Issacharites. You say, who in the world are they? I'll get to that. This is telling you something about the uniqueness of their ability. Underline this if you have a pen and you have a written Bible who understood the times and knew what Israel should do. 200 chiefs with all their relatives under the command. From the Issacharites who understood the times and knew what Israel should do. Now, what does God want us to know out of Romans 13? Let me talk about that for a moment before I get to 1 Chronicles chapter 12. The Bible here uses a phrase, and the phrase is knowing the time. Now, that word time is an important word. In the English language, when we use the word time, it pretty well means most of the time the same thing. 
but not in the original language of the Bible. In the original language of the Bible, there were two words used for the word time. This scripture here says, knowing the time. Let me tell you what it's not referring to. Chronos is the word. Chronos is a word that indicates date and moment. Date, hour, second, like today. It's September the 22nd, 2019. And as of right now, according to my watch, it's 11.09 a.m. Eastern time. That's chronos. That's not what the Bible is talking about here. It says knowing the time, it's the other word. And that word is kairos, K-A-I-R-O-S. It's an important word. But the word for time is the word kairos in this text, which means what? Meaning a decisive or a crucial place or point or is translated a decisive moment, a decisive point of time, meaning it's just not any old day. It means everything is new, everything is changed. And he's calling us to know the time, the kairos. That means that we're living in an undeniable season and an undeniable time. Fixed by a God of heaven who believes that every one of you have a destiny in your life. And the Apostle Paul who penned these words under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit he said all this knowing the time and he equates it with the coming of Jesus Christ. The expectation of the Lord's return when he said what? Our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. That means that Jesus is nearer to coming back to this earth than he's ever been before. Now, when we understand that this is a critical moment, a season moment, and we better get our act together because Jesus is near, he told us that there was an urgency and he tells us, therefore, you need to wake up. Waking up means wake up from your spiritual slothfulness. Are you walking with Jesus every day? From your apathetic condition spiritually. And really what the apostle here was saying is, is that God is at work and we cannot be unresponsive, sleeping through the moment and missing this season of decision and opportunity. Now, my friends, listen carefully today. doesn't matter what locale you are of Times Square Church or you're in this room with me today or you're streaming online. Think about what God has done. We are so blessed that we have a sovereign God who has let us live at this point of human history. I mean, this is a kairos moment, a critical moment. A seasoned moment, and we must rise up and we must take hold of that which God has blessed us. Let me share with you what that means. Business as usual is just no longer acceptable. Now, why is that? Well, I want to refer you to another scripture. It's over in the book of Acts in chapter 17. Listen to it and look at it with me in verse 26. From one man, he's speaking of Adam, he has made every nationality. That word nationality is a word in the original language called ethnos, meaning every ethnicity. In other words, from one man, he made all ethnicities. 
to live over the whole earth and has determined their appointed times and the boundaries of where they live. That is a power-packed, potent verse. What that means is this, is that you are living where you are living in this region or wherever you are in the world because God has destined you to live there. And that means that of all times of human history, God chose to create you. God chose to put you right now. You are, you are put, big guy. You are put where you are. You say, wait a minute, Ron. I, I determined to live in New Jersey. No, Ronnie, I, I, I'm determined to live right here in Manhattan. Really? You may have thought that you had that opportunity, but God has brought you here to do what? Listen to what he goes on to say in chapter 17. He said, I have determined when you're going to live your life. I'm going to determine even the boundaries of your dwellings. Are you hearing me? So that you might seek God and that you might know him because in him you live and you move. And that is exactly, not only simply about you, but every person in this world. And God let them come to live in this moment and time in this world so that they might seek God, so that they might find God, in that they might know that in Jesus and Jesus alone you live and you move. There is no life apart from Jesus Christ. There is no God other than Jesus Christ. He is King of Kings. He is Lord of Lords. And that's who he is. Now in 1 Chronicles chapter 12 that I read a moment ago, here's what's going on. David was anointed to become the king. There was only one problem. They still had a king. And his name was Saul. But I'm just going to tell it like it is today. People were jumping off the Saul train faster than you can imagine. Because they knew that there was a young boy that God had raised up to be the king and he was new and he was different. And there were all kind of groups that were surrounding him and wanting to go forward with him. I mean, this chapter talks about some of those groups. There were groups who were specialists and they would take the bow and the arrow and they would fight the enemy from a distance. But there was also a group that literally could go to hand-to-hand -to -hand combat and whip you. <laughs> but that's not who the Issacharites were. I mean, what could the Issacharites bring to this deal? I mean, what made them unique? Here's what made them unique. Hear me now. The Bible says they understood the times. Circle that word times. And they knew what Israel, the nation, including King David, what they should do. Isn't it interesting that even the Old Testament, this is a forecast of what I read a moment ago in Romans chapter 13, verse number 11. In fact, you'll be interested if you study it, that in what is called the Septuagint, you will learn that that word 
understood the times is the same word as eventually used in the New Testament, the word kairos, the season moment. And they understood that this was a season moment and they could tell King David and they could tell Israel what they should do. That's pretty powerful. You say, why is that, Ronnie? Because I'll tell you why. It does not matter what your age or stage of life may be or your vocation, location, or even generation. It is time now, more than ever before, as the people of God, that you understand what in the world is going on so that you can tell us what we must do. Once we understand our times, how spiritually lost this city is, how spiritually drought this nation is, and how much people need Jesus, then we're going to have a life that will begin to take serious actions because we understand the times and we know what people should do. And all the while, King Jesus is at the door. All the while, he can come anytime, anywhere he wants. He's king. He's not some little guy you tell what you want. He's not your puppet. He's not some little wuss out here. Uh-uh. He's king. Always has been and always will be. He's King Jesus. So why is all this important? I'll tell you why. Because there are a couple of actions I want to call us to today. Action number one. Because of all going on, season time, Seize the moment. King Jesus at the door. The nation needs God. New York City needs God. Times Square region needs God. Here's what I want to challenge you to do. Come together. Come together. Agree together. Stand together. In what I'm categorizing today as extraordinary prayer. Asking God to revive you personally. In other words, wake you up and to bring spiritual awakening in America. That's going to take for us to come together. Come together means there's no time for squabble. Everybody wants to talk about what they don't agree with. He's got the final word. Agree with him. Come together. Agree together. Stand together. How? In extraordinary prayer. What's extraordinary prayer? It's a great question. It's prayer beyond the ordinary. In other words, whatever your ordinary level of prayer is, God wants you to go another level. That's extraordinary prayer. If you pray five minutes, then that means 10 minutes might be extraordinary to you. If you pray longer, then it might be extraordinary to you. I want to urge us today to understand that we need to remember this. And please don't forget it. When we pray, it shows we are depending on God. But when we do not pray, it shows that we are depending on ourselves. Let me ask you today, who are you depending on? Who are you talking to every day of your life? Who are you getting up 
and spending time with you before you go to work tomorrow morning? And who are you going to call out to in the midst of your greatest need? We need to call out to him more than ever before. He is our source. And guess what? We need to come together, agree together, be together, stand together in extraordinary prayer, prayer beyond the ordinary. And we need to ask God to bring a fresh wind and power into the church, into the life of his people. That means it's time for you to get your life right with God. That means it's time to stop putting up with your apathy and putting up with your business as usual. This is a serious moment and a critical time and you need to be at your best for God. So get on fire for the Lord. Do you remember the day, many of you, when Jesus changed your life? The shackles were dropped. The chains were let go. And boy, you were fired up. You were set free. You didn't know what in the world happened. You just knew something happened. And boy, you developed that walk and you were so in love and so on fire. But let me ask you, are you still that way? That fire does not need to be put out. It doesn't need to be smothered. It does not need to be Controlled, it needs to become a fire within you by the power of the Holy Spirit every day in your life. And together we must come together and pray like it really matters and pray like God is really going to hear us and pray in an extraordinary way because I believe, just as your pastor said earlier, I really do believe that God wants to bring a mighty spiritual awakening to the United States. You know, God did that years ago in 1857 and 1858. A million Americans came to Christ in, the, in, that, in that span of time over that year and that lap of that year. You know how many Americans there were? Only 30 million. Could you imagine what it would be like in today's world if that kind of awakening happened again? I'm telling you, the reason I tell you that is because I promise you, God can do more in a moment than you can ever do in a lifetime. You say, well, I'm not sure God can do that. Let me just remind you, sister. God can do anything, anytime, anywhere, with anyone. Remember, he's king. Always has been and what? Always will be. Well, that's the first action we need to take. The second action is this, that we need to begin to live our life with a greater urgency. I mean, how do we not have a greater urgency in our churches? Why do we not have a greater urgency in our personal lives when we know that the world is lost. We know that our city needs God. We know that there's a great, mighty need for awakening. And we know that the churches of America and across the world need a mighty, fresh wind of the Spirit of the Lord. How can we do that when King Jesus is at the door, ready to come? I mean, we need to live with a greater urgency where is the urgency? Every now and then somebody asks me this question, what is the difference between the church of the New Testament, the church of Acts, and the church of today? People always want to say it's this or this or this. I don't believe it's all just simply that. I'll tell you what's missing today versus in the early church. Urgency. Urgency. We need to come and believe that God is serious. 
Now today, as we move toward somewhat closure, I think when we understand the times, we're going to ask ourselves the right questions. And listen, we will answer those questions correctly. Questions like this. For example, let's just call it question number one. Do people really need Jesus? I mean, do we really believe this stuff? That if they are truly separated from God because of sin, and he truly came to redeem the world, to set the world free from sin, from the ways that we're presently living so that we're able to know God personally, so that we're able to know his son Jesus personally. I mean, we better answer that question correctly. Do people really need Jesus? Let me give you my answer today. People need Jesus and people need Jesus now. That's my answer. Do we really believe people are lost without Christ? Wonder here and there without any purpose or meaning in their life. Do they really believe that people die and go to hell who have never met Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Do we really believe that there are people in this room here today who have never met Jesus and they need to meet Jesus today? Do we really believe that there are people on the edge of losing their life and entering into an eternity without God and that we have the answer? Oh, we're not the answer, but Jesus is the answer. I'll tell you why he's the answer. Because people need Jesus and people need Jesus now. Doesn't matter when you meet Jesus, once you have Jesus, I just want to make it real clear today, you always need Jesus. So do people really need Jesus? Oh, I'll tell you what, people need Jesus and people need Jesus now. Question number two. Do we really believe Jesus is coming again? I mean, you got to settle that in your mind. I believe that Jesus is coming again and he may be coming back soon. You say, well, they've always said that. It's not time yet. He is constantly giving more grace. Remember, he is pursuing you. He is pursuing you. You did not notify your mama when you were going to be born. God birthed you when he birthed you into this world and put you where he was going to put you so that you might seek God and know him because only in him do you live and move. And that's true about every person in this world today. You're a person of destiny. But we must come to Christ today. The urgency is Jesus could come back today. And if you don't know Jesus, then you don't go to heaven when you die. You need Jesus today. Right here today. That's why there is an urgency and a constancy that we must tell others about Jesus. Amen? And we must tell them sooner than later. Leads me to my final question this morning. If I died today or Jesus came back today, am I where I want to be with God spiritually? I mean, that's a serious question. In fact, it could be the most pressing question here this morning because it literally impacts whether you believe in Jesus and you know him personally, like many of us, but it also impacts 
a lot of people in this room and a lot of people that are listening online and a lot of people that are in various campuses and other places whereby this is streamed live into, it literally means that there are others, including many of you, is that if you died today or Jesus came back today, you're not ready spiritually. But the great news is you can get ready spiritually. You don't have to change your clothes today. You don't have to go take a shower. But what you do have to do is understand you need Jesus. And you humble yourself and you ask Jesus to come into your life And that if he really is really Lord and he really is God, that he would come in and show you that and that he would set you free from everything that binds you and give you a life with purpose. A life with meaning. A life where you don't have to feel guilty about the way you're living anymore because Jesus has come to wash away your sins. Wash away all the wrong in your life. Giving you another chance. I read through the Bible every year more than one time and I was reading again this morning out of the book of Ezekiel. It's interesting what Ezekiel said. He said this numerous times in the book. The word of the Lord came to me. This morning I read that not only those words, but he also said on one occasion, the word of the Lord came again to me. Again. Again, that caught my attention. You know why God keeps bringing his word to us again? It's because he loves you. Because he is pursuing you. Because he wants to have fellowship with you and you to have fellowship with him. Aren't you glad God gave you another chance? And if you think everyone has given up on you, let me just share with you today, wherever you are within the realm of my voice today, God has not given up on you. You are here today by divine appointment. You are here today by divine destiny and God has a will. God has a purpose and he wants to save you, change you, turn your life around to mean more than you could ever imagine it to have met before. Oh, I'll tell you, if Jesus came today, there'd be a lot of us here who are not ready, but you can get ready, so you come and get ready today. Spiritually get ready. Say, I don't know how to do that. I'm about to tell you how. Because there's a lot of us, we found our way. But we're still not ready. Oh, not because Jesus hasn't saved us and in our life, but some of us, we got some stuff going on. It's just not right. We got some stuff in our private lives that are not honorable to God. There are some old habits we like going back to. Some old ways that we need to be freed from. You say, well, do I need to be saved again? No, you don't need to be saved again. You just need to wake up and understand what happened to you the first time. You have been set free from your sin. And the chains are gone. And that you have new life in Christ and you are in a constant mode of becoming more like Jesus Christ every day of your life. But I'll tell you what you can do. You can resolve today again that every day until you die or until the Lord comes again, you're gonna live like Jesus is first. You're gonna live like he is the priority of your life. And you're not gonna put up with some stuff and I'm not talking about people's stuff. I'm talking about your stuff. 
It starts with you. And it starts with me. So I want to ask you today. Many of you are followers of Jesus Christ. Would you be ashamed if Jesus came back today? The epistle of John in 1 John 2 talks about that. We better get our lives together so that we may not be shamed at his appearance. What is it in your life you need to give to him? What is it in your life you need to capture obedience again? What is it in your life you need to be set free from? What is it in your life where you need to make sure Jesus is number one? In a moment, I pray that you will come and that you'll get your life right with God and you'll ask God, God, I need a fresh touch. I need, I need deliverance in this area. But I'll tell you, while that's important, nothing is more important than this. How many of you here today in this room with me or one of our venues here today watching? Or whether you're at home somewhere over the seas from here and you're streaming online, some of you who are able to understand what I'm saying in your language because of the gracious translation that is happening. And you need Jesus. You realize you don't have purpose. You realize you don't have meaning. You realize you've never been changed. I mean, how many of you, has there ever been a time, a day or an hour that you know in your heart that Jesus Christ came into your life and he gave you purpose and meaning and he changed you. People say sometimes, you know what, Ronnie, I don't, I don't know the day or the hour. I just hope, I, I just hope I had something happen. You know what? Here's what I believe. I believe you may not remember the day or the hour, but there's one thing you will never forget. You'll never forget the place you gave your life to Jesus Christ. You'll never forget it. I was in a little Baptist church. I could even take you to the right of the pulpit where I knelt on my knees in that Baptist church and I asked Jesus Christ into my life. And ever since then, I've not been perfect. But I tell you what, I've always known there's a God who loves me. And I've always known I've been forgiven. And I've always known that if I were to die today, I would enter into eternity with Jesus, saved by his grace, changed by his power. I want to tell you today, if you cannot tell me the place you gave your life to Christ, why don't you make Times Square Church your place today where you give your life to Jesus Christ? Or wherever you are located here, watching around the world. Would you bow your heads with me today? In a moment, I'm going to invite you to meet Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I'm going to ask you to leave where you are, even if you're on this campus and you're not in this room with me, and begin to make your way here this morning. Some of you in the balcony, you have never met Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. Some of you right here today, on this bottom floor, who have never met Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to ask you to leave where you are in a moment and give your life to Jesus Christ. And those of you around the world today, 
And those of you in this room who have never met Jesus, I'm going to pray a simple prayer today. If you will mean this prayer in your heart, I believe Jesus Christ will come into your life. Just right where you are, you don't even have to say it out loud. You can just whisper it to God in your heart. Say, dear Lord, dear God, my life has no meaning. My life has no purpose. I believe Jesus died for my sin. I believe Jesus died so that I could fellowship with God. I don't understand all that. But this preacher today told me that he did. And told me that he not only died, but he was raised from the dead. And one day he will come again. By faith, with the best I know how, I give my life to Jesus today. Come into my life. Change me. Give me a meaning to live. If you prayed those words with me today, as soon as our singers began to sing in a moment, I'm going to ask you to immediately begin to make your way and come. We're not going to intimidate you. We're not going to hurt you. We want to help you. We want to love you. And many of you need to come who already know Jesus because you know that if Christ were to come today, things aren't where they ought to be. Come today. Set the mode. Set the model. And began to pray and ask God to bring renewal and awakening into your life. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we stand together all over the room, would you please, Lord, draw people to God. We pray it now in your name. Would you come today, wherever you are standing, as our singers sing, you come. Stand with me all over the room. Come. Let me ask you this morning, those of you that have come. Hey, do you mean business? Did some of you pray a moment ago and ask Jesus to come into your life? I rejoice with you. This congregation today rejoices with you. Can I, can I tell you? Can I tell you what, what just happened when you prayed? Let me, let me tell you what just happened. It'd be like, there's God and here I am. And I can't get to God. But I realized that Jesus died for my sin. And he made a way to God. And when I came to Jesus and I asked him to forgive me of sin and change my life, give me purpose and meaning, he made a way. He became the bridge so that I might meet God and know God. And many of you today, you came because you know Jesus has not been first. That's not what your intent's been. But you know what? Our intent sometimes is uh, just gets out of sorts. And if we don't understand where things are, we can lose our way. And there's some of you today, you've come because you need to find your way again. It's okay. There'll be another time in your life you'll need to find your way. But you're with family here today. And we rejoice with you today. And so right now, Father, I thank you and we're going to agree in prayer together all across the room. We thank you today for these that have come to be set free from sin and given eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. We give you thanks today. Everybody say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
And we thank you, Lord, that you have given people purpose today. Thank you, Lord, you've given them meaning today. Thank you, Lord, that many are going to heaven now that we're not heading to heaven before. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus, for that today. And Lord, I pray today for Christian men and women, Christian young adults and teenagers who have come today and they, they know they're followers of Christ. They, they know that they met the Lord and they can even tell us where they met the Lord. I mean, they know the place. But God, they just have not lived the way you want them to. Maybe it's just a brief moment. Maybe it's just they want to grow and they haven't been growing. So Lord, whether it's a past habit they want to run to or a life of obedience they want to run toward, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will give them power today like never before and lift them up. Put them back together again. Give them a fresh fire of the Holy Spirit in their life. And may they return and run to their first love and they will love you the way that they used to love you. And that they'll love you even greater in days to come. Lord, you've been good today. We, you have met with your people. And I thank you, Lord, that from one man, you made all of us. And you've let us live here, wherever in the world we have lived. For me, you put me in Texas originally. You took me to Arkansas for a long time. Just a few months ago, you put me in Tennessee. And these people, they have been everywhere. Many of them across the world. But now they're here. And I thank you that you have put all of us wherever we are so that something powerful and divine and destiny can come. And that destiny is so great that we can seek God and know him because we know that in Jesus we live and in Jesus we move. Thank you that Jesus can do more in a moment than we can ever do in a lifetime. And today we give him all the praise. And we give him all the glory because he is King Jesus. He always has been. And everybody say it with me. He always will be. And we give Christ the praise today. Amen.